This is the Manips and Sips podcast show, featuring two fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic and sports physical therapists. Join us as we talk all things physical therapy, manual therapy, performance, business, education, research, and of course, Sips. Hey everyone, this is the Nips and Sips podcast show featuring me. I'm Dr. Jeremy Boyd and my usual partner in crime over there, Dr. Brandon Cruz. Today we're going to be talking a little bit more business uh, in the regards of a traditional PT practice versus a direct access practice. Uh, so we kind of dabble a little bit in both. So we figured we'd talk about it. But before we get into it, Brandon, how's it going? Well, Jer, it's uh, it's early Thursday. Uh, I had a late flight in last night, so... Um... You know, we're drinking coffee here again. Uh, I have my Sam's number three cup, which if you ever go to Denver, that oh. is the spot to go for basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, What's but, the name uh, Sam's number three. It was on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I believe. Right. Um, but while I was out doing my uh, fellowship training at Regis, Raf and I would go there basically every day. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we made sure we'd get up early and uh, and go there for some food before uh, before class started. Um, we even went there for dinner a couple times. So great place if you're ever out in uh, downtown Denver, check out uh, check out Sam's Number Three. Kind of just want to go to Denver just to try it. You know, yeah. sounds like good. Go to someplace multiple times in one trip. That's that's uh, legit. Multiple times in a day. I went there for breakfast and, and dinner. And wow, that's, that's that's damn good food then. Because I don't know if I've ever they, really done I have that. a trailblazer. I believe Raph and I both ordered the trailblazer like numerous times. Um, which is a breakfast dish. I don't know. It's like eggs smothered in some type of chili oh, mess. Baby. I don't know. It's just goodness coming all the way down. Goodness. There we go. Um, no, no, we got something to say. Not as entertaining story, but I got this cute ass dog dad cup from uh Alyssa's cousin Melissa and uh and CT. Thanks for that. You know, he doesn't really look like this, but no, no. And and Jeremy looks a little a little pale on that photo as well. A little bit more hair, a lot less gray hairs on this one. I'll take it, I'll take it. But um, all right, well, um uh, and uh, I guess other news. Congrats on your grand opening. I think Thank that... you. Yeah, that was uh, a week ago. Wow, I feel like so much has happened from that point till right now. Literally, yeah. it was one week ago. Yeah, it looked it looked good. I mean, the the, the photography of you uh, cutting the ribbon there—that was it looked uh, like professional level, like you've been doing yeah, this. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> while while we're on, I got a big uh, big shout out to uh, Darren, who was uh, one of uh, our former interns. You met him while you were doing yeah. your uh, mentorship hours. Uh, he's now licensed, graduated, works uh, in Brooklyn now. But his uh, passion and and I guess kind of side hustle is he does. He's a wizard with the camera. So uh, big shout out to Darren for for coming out, and supporting us, and taking awesome photos, capturing the moment. Uh, we had a great turnout, uh, better than I could have ever imagined. Uh, you know, whole staff was great and supportive. It was just aw- awesome, awesome night. That's awesome. Well, congrats, many blessings to uh, to getting off the ground. It sounds like you're off to a great start. Uh, but yeah, speaking of practices and businesses, uh, well, let's talk about uh, you know our referral sources. Uh, I guess what I referenced in before about a traditional. 
uh, PT or PT referral is your classic, you know, getting uh, a referral from a physician. So a patient is in pain for anything neuromusculoskeletal. Uh, they go to their, you know, they wait a while, usually you know, about two, three weeks. They suffer for a little while. Uh, then they go to their primary. Uh, maybe some are wise enough and they'll, or maybe not wise enough, but they go to their ortho or somebody uh, first. But uh, then if they go from primary, they go to the specialist, specialist after now a month has passed, maybe even two months, then maybe implement things such as injections or uh, imaging. And then yeah. if we're lucky, they potentially refer off to us. And that's probably, I don't know, what would you say, Brandon, on average, that's, I would say it's probably closer to two months, maybe three two at two times, especially yeah. shoulder. I don't know why shoulder. Shoulder is usually like closer to three months. Shoulder and low back pain. Mm -hmm. Like people just live with it. And then they come in sideways. Yep. Oh, I thought it was going to go away. Yeah. Uh, lack, lack of education out there, um, you know, from the physician standpoint, you know, and obviously we've read articles that most low back pain will spontaneously go away in 14 days. So maybe that factors into to some of the decision making, right? How many times have we heard the a doctor's advice? Just uh, here, take some NSAIDs and rest for two weeks, right? We've all we've all heard that. And it's just like, I don't know. I get frustrated because it's like you went to school for all that time and that's what your advice is just to not do said activity. Um, especially knowing that there's PT and granted, not all PT is good PT. Uh, a lot of, you know, still using modalities, still ice stim, heat, you know, the UBE, uh, I don't know, just a lot of garbage out there, which, you know, if you're a therapist, listen to this and you probably are. Cause I don't, know of too many other people who are listening to this um you know if if you you know if i said that and you're thinking that's you it's it's you know it's okay but it's time to reflect and, and begin to you know search to change your, your practice patterns mm -hmm. you know so. yeah and that's it that let's face those outcomes that, i mean treating that way doesn't help our outcomes uh how many people do we get to help our profession you know, Huh? Doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help our um, You see, and they don't get better, and people view that as physical therapy, and then they go back to the orthos or primaries, whatever it may be, and they're like, well, they didn't get better with PT. Uh, and is it PT's fault, or is that, you know, that's not real PT, in my opinion. Real PT is active, it's movement, it's, it's, it's true. I should say, I, I said before, is, you know, you should sweat in PT, regardless of what kind of, setting or realm it is you know acute care they're they're grinding you know they're fresh off of a total knee replacement so them getting up and out of a chair you know a couple times should make them sweat uh outpatient orthopedics you should do stuff that challenges people we saw chris carroll on on this show in um pt reframe he in the, in the neuro setting he he challenges his patients so it should be that type of active um, and then, you know, doing more higher the level stuff that they tell you not to do in school and he's, yeah. you know, he's doing it and, you know, obviously he's, he's safe about it, but you know, he's elevated in their blood pressure and their heart rate, mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of times is deemed a contraindication, but, mm -hmm. you know, I think some of that stuff's outdated and we need to, uh, understand how the human body works. Something you just brought up there is kind of go off on a tangent is, 
you said things that they told us not to do in school, you know, how much of what kind of that fear, fear mongering in school kind of dictates our future clinical, you know, patterns and that sort of stuff. Like, like, Oh, don't do this. Or we have a spinal cord injury, you know, they're fragile or whatever, or we have a cervical manipulation. You can kill them. Don't do that. Or, you know, people can have a heart attack in the middle of your, your, your session and that sort of stuff. How much that kind of potentially dictates how much we push our patients in a good way. Um, you know, just, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Um, Cause I've, I've, I've no, great feel- question. I mean, these are, these are buddy trails. You know, this yeah. is, uh, this is what it's about. Um, you know, you come to one of our courses, this is what happens. You come to our, our mentorships this is what happens. I think that's how you grow. Uh, instead of just following a blueprint, which I think a lot of people want or, or maybe conditioned to have that blueprint. I mean, we have it in our courses when we're teaching manipulation and it's like, oh, it's not indicated. Well, what does that mean? When is it not indicated? Because my list of not being indicated is like this big. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you, you go to a, a textbook and it's, you know, this big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to understand the difference between absolute and relative. You have to understand, you know, what that patient's presenting in front of you like. You mm-hmm. have to understand your skill set, um, your ability to, to, I guess, uh, modify uh, situations or positions uh, to make something successful for, uh, for a patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've manipulated a you know, 67-year-old lady with osteoporosis and a 47-degree spinal curvature. The only thing that gets gives her relief mm-hmm. um, and it works, you know, but guess what? She has osteoporosis. Don't manip her. She's older. Don't manip her. Right. There's every reason not to manip her mm-hmm. via textbook instead of just using, you know, clinical decision making around it. So, you know, not just say, you know, going and defaulting to, oh, I learned this in undergrad or I learned this in grad school. I think that's another big problem. I see a lot of clinicians out there you know, six, seven, eight years out. Oh, this is what we're taught in school. Mm-hmm. Like if that's your rationale, this is what we were taught in school. Like you have not progressed at all as a clinician. Uh, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're going off tangent here, but this will, this will loop back to direct access versus traditional referral. I, I, I guarantee you when we get to that point, <laughs> I, will, I will make it fit. <laughs> no, it's uh, awesome. <laughs> We'll make it work. We'll speak it into existence. That's what it is. But no, no, I think those are that's some great points. Or the opposite was like school didn't teach me that. That's another one. Uh, I hear that way too often. I'm like, school can't teach you everything, and it's not their job to teach you everything. It's it's supposed to be a kickstart, ignite the flame a little bit to further your knowledge and education to for you to do that. Uh, it's lifelong learning, not. I'm done with PT school learning. So, oh, I, that's it. This is a completely unrelated topic. Uh, if the missus listens to this, but why the missus and I work together is because of lifelong learning. So, at the time, she doesn't really like this story very much. And now we're really going down a bunny trail. But uh, so I was in residency and I'd go, this is after Brandon graduated. Um, and so I was going, the, the next cohort wasn't as nearly as. Uh, spunky and fun and active as much so i'd go in there was a thing and i would you know swipe away uh and at that time i uh 
swipe my wife now, Alyssa, go Alyssa, and a PT student. Hopefully she's not listening to this, but um, so I had a coffee date with her and then I had a dinner date or drinks date with Alyssa, same, same day. Um, it might have been the second date of each or, or second date for the, the student or whatever. She was like a last year student. But um, one of the things was, you know, we talked about things and I was already done the residency model. I'm already thinking like big picture for the down fellowship, whatever it may be. And uh, her one well, in conversation, this, this student was um, said, she's like, oh, no, once I'm done with school, I'm done. So like, I'm never I'm just going to go and work. And that was such a turnoff for me. <laughs> that was just like, yeah, I don't know about this one. Obviously, Alyssa seeing Alyssa a couple hours later, she blew her out of the water. But um, that was that was a, that was a nail in the coffin for this one. So, um, yeah, sorry, um, that was a, definitely a bunny trail that most people in here. But kudos to Alyssa. She always want to see the world, experience as much of things, keep learning in life. So that's keep learning, keep living. Yeah, <laughs> I think you guys, I think you guys are good. What are you like three years in? So. Uh, if uh, marriage yeah we're, we're we're good three years in a marriage yeah so very, very locked deep. um no but yeah, congratulations to uh to you and Alyssa. but uh no it, it's true i mean you know too many people are, are just kind of wait to, to the end but i i think that you know tying tying this back into our, our main point direct access versus not you know and you and i you know especially you starting after me and you're like what did you do and what didn't you do and yada yada um, now, part of this was the mission, like, or pursue PT, pursues to seek out, right? To seek out physical therapy as your first alternative. You know, that was that and some more was, you know, the, the basis, my mission in starting. I, I wanted us to be, um, you know, the, the primary go-to. So initially, a lot of my, you know, for the first four or five years, um, you know, 90, 95% direct access, uh, word of mouth. Oh, he does a good job. Go to him. Um, and part of that is my ability to think outside the box. Obviously I've been taught that I, I was not that clinician years ago. Um, but it's something I progressed to over time where it's like, all right, well, let's try this. All right. Well, you've been, you know, to two or three different other spots. They did X, Y, and Z. Let's not do those. Let's not go down and I'm not reinventing the wheel. Let's not do that stuff or let's do less of that stuff. And let's try maybe treating some other regions or let's take a different perspective or maybe, you know, what you've been told you have isn't as bad as you thought. So maybe we're just educating somebody. So, you know, that was, you know, able to, uh, you know, my obviously residency and, and fellowship training gave you, gave me that confidence to, to be able to do that. Give me the confidence to differentiate diagnose um, at an accurate level, whatever differential diagnosis means, because we're always saying we don't even treat the diagnosis, we're treating impairments anyway, right? So utilizing test three test, uh, identify red flags, identify yellow flags or orange flags. What are red flags that can be modifiable and maybe aren't true red flags, or maybe the person just has to live with red flags because of they don't want surgery or they don't, or they're just old, you know, too old to, to you know, want to, to be a proper candidate for, for surgery and things like that. So um, you know, that's where direct access really played a, a role. Now, obviously, depending on what state you're in, your, your direct access laws uh, may vary and restrict you a little bit. Um, but here in New Jersey, you know, we get 30 days, you know, where they have to show improvement. So as long as they're showing improvement, you can kind of continue. Um, so that, you know, direct access slash word of mouth is where we really began a foothold. And now that we're growing, um, you know, we have a marketer and stuff like that, and we're now able to get, 
you know, some referrals from doctors because, you know, they've heard over time um, that we're good. Or you get one patient that goes back to the doctor and says, hey, you know, this place was awesome and, and they become your, your raving fans type of deal. Now we're, we're getting more uh, traditional referrals and things like that. But uh, going out and consistently buying doctor's lunch or taking them out for dinners was, was something I, I did not want to do. Um, you know, now maybe we bring them coffee or, or, or buy, you know, a small lunch, but it's not, um, it's not the focus. Like it, you, you know, like a lot of practices do or used to do, I, I don't even know what they do anymore. Um, so that's good. I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the digital media side of things, uh, in a little bit and how we market with that. Um, but I'll, I know you had a similar story if you want to share yours, Jer. Yeah. Um, just, uh. Bill off, I thought you brought up a great point. Uh, and then I'll kind of talk about my story. It was um, when you're starting up and, you know, people have been to two, three other places and they're doing all these other things. Just for our listeners, viewers, whoever's out there, you know, I think that's a good thing to always ask. You know, sometimes I have students who just kind of blow past the, hey, did you have physical therapy before or anything like that? Or what were you doing? Um, I think it's always a good thing to get that viewpoint so that you're not doing the exact same stuff. Um, you know, you're looking outside the box. Um, and for the, you know, obviously we're biased in the you know, application of manual therapy, uh, but more often than not, the ones that are in chronic pain and been to two, three, four places, um, they did exercises. It's part of the standard, I would say, one thing unites all physical therapy places all throughout the world is whether it's a mill or a um, more one-on-one shop, it's usually some exercise and some movement. And in some places it's less intense. Um, but, you know, ask about these sort of things. So you're again, not repeating, you're looking outside of the box, you're doing more of a multimodal approach. Um, so I thought that was a good point, but uh, can I go back? Uh, me personally, yeah, I, yeah, I was teaching at a school, uh, Rowan, right where my practice is, and um, told the students, um, you know, my day-to-day job as a PT, and a couple students were saying that, one, it didn't work for them, a couple said they actually got worse, which should never be the case. Um, if you're making people worse in therapy, either you negligently I don't know if that's even a word, uh, missed some serious flags or, you know, you're really, you know, not listening to the patient or not doing enough to try and modulate things. You're leaving them by themselves, their own devices to, um, you know, kind of screw up in a sense. So I've had some people that may have not made much progress and, you know, something else was happening, but very, very, very few people should get worse um should almost not happen at all but that was my motivation to start up my my kind of my practice in that town was i heard that and i was just like that shouldn't be the case um and then they threw in the fact that you know the couple places right around the block they're doing the same exercises as grandma and grandpa um so yeah that's fine if you're doing things same things as grandma and grandpa but it should be deadlifts and you know you know squats and it should be intense it shouldn't be just, you know, lateral trunk rotations and single knees to chest for everybody who has a lower extremity issue, regardless of what. Um, so I want to be that individual that kind of change how things are done in that area. I want to 
you know, talking to some of these kids and some of them, you know, in college were like having two, three surgeries deep. I was like, that shouldn't be the case. We mm. should, they should have different options here. Um, and it was already starting to hear. And we were just talking about that this last night with my students was we have a couple young people and I'd say there's four or five of them that are my caseload alone that already have this, poor thought virus fixation on a medical diagnosis, um, whether it's a labral tear, um, herniated disc is another one, um, maybe two herniated discs, and I'm forgetting the other one right now off the top of my head, but, and they're like high school to maybe like freshman in college, um, then they already have this, and it's sad that, you know, these kids are getting planted with this negative kind of seed that they're going to carry for the rest of their lives. And I'm educating them and that sort of stuff, but it's tough uh, when that's all right. You know, I'm going to have to go and dig deep into the roots to unplant this seed and try to plant more positive ones. So I wanted to be that person who's like, if I can get them first, I can modulate things. I can get them moving. They're never going to have those seeds to begin with. I'm never going to have to spend so much time and effort explaining posters and all these sort of things. I can just plant a good seed and say, Anytime something sort of happens, try and remain active. Text, call me. I'll, we can always help you out. If you move to, to the other side of the country, I'll find a place for you that's, you know, like-minded. So that's why I really, um, that was kind of my vision with things. Uh, I just had the, you know, we talk about PT burnout uh, on the show and everything like that. One thing that's especially passionate for me is being that detective. We, you know, you mentioned differential diagnosing. I mean, nothing's, more fun for me is like getting a patient there having nothing to build off of and the gears are starting to kind of go before the patient even walks in and then each like i always kind of view as the um the part uh in the hangover where they're going down the escalator uh into the casino and the dudes oh yeah yeah like that's 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 fun for me that's that's a, that's a joy for me and even when i'm you know, luckily at this stage, you know, I always say like, you know, maybe start off your career and your top hypothesis is 70 percent right. Uh, and now it's getting to a point where, you know, you know, it's 98, 99 percent or 95, whatever it may be. But even when I'm wrong, like learning from what I missed or anything like that is still fun. Um, not, you know, obviously not for the patients. Obviously, obviously, I'd like to figure out in the you know first session or wherever it may be. But that's that's fun for me and that keeps me passionate about things that keeps the well i hear like the dread of evals for a lot of people and the paperwork mm-hmm. they're they're missing out on the fun of the eval the discovery the the figuring that sort of stuff out so yeah there's i don't know if there's any way to make it fun to type up an evaluation but at least you can't fun figuring out what the heck's going on so you get a lot of that in direct access or even people who are non-direct access right. we always mention in our shows you know or shows our our courses that really everyone's a direct access patient i get a ton of acls now and that's something you know my good reputation and everything brandon talked about before kind of started this thing that we became a acl kind of clinic but even all of them have their own unique thing that i have to differentially diagnose i had someone with a you know deep peroneal nerve uh entrapment or uh, irritation or loss of sensation um have another one that 
you know, is she had some chronic hamstring stuff that we were doing, you know, actually cervical manipulations helped her test retest on that. So doing that keeps things lively for me. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of my motivation. And yeah, we more of a split now again, cause we built up such a great reputation within the community. Uh, but that's still something that we want to do. We want to be that first provider, but you know, working in synchrony with the local medical people. Now I pick who the surgeons that I think are super awesome and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And we all work together um, and having the best blend of both worlds. But yeah. And I think, you know, breaking away from the traditional referral, getting referrals from other people in, in the community uh, you know, this, I guess in the long run, or it still goes on direct access, but, you know, instead of maybe going to directly to physicians, um, you know, can you go to, a, you know, a yoga instructor? Can you go to a CrossFit gym? Can you go to a, a personal trainer at a, at a, you know, standardized gym? Um, you know, go do races, you know, market other ways. You can, you do a great job of this. We don't, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, your weekly or almost daily uh, posts, um, either showing what you're doing in the clinic or showing a technique that helps said, you know, injury or our diagnosis, uh, which is great. Uh, on my end, I do more advertising to um, direct to consumers. You know, we have, especially with direct access, you can market straight to your consumer now. You can set an ad up on Instagram or Facebook and things like that. And, you know, I'm still refining that aspect of, um, you know, of marketing. But what I did in 2020 during our shutdown was I learned that side of things. I learned how to create a landing page. I learned how to create a website. I learned how to understand uh, marketing at a, at a deeper level. Um, so now I can go market, you know, people in my area of a five or 10 mile radius and, you know, we, you know, it definitely has helped. We get more traffic. We get more calls when I run those uh, versus not, um, you know, those are more general. Uh, I want to become more specific, but that is, that is a realm as well. It's something we do with our courses. We market that we've, you know, Forex this year over last year from that. And it's directly because we're mar email marketing, ad marketing, things like that. So, you know, if you are a business owner or if you have a side hustle, I mean, there are more than one ways to go out and get patients than feeling like you need to go into um, a hospital or, or um, you know, physician practice um, and feel like you, you know, you get shut down. They don't want to see you, et cetera, et cetera. So there's more than one ways, you know, today, you know, things are honestly, they're so, I don't want to say easy, but they're a lot easier than they used to be. Mm. Um, there's still challenges in, in everything, you know, things are, are going to be hard. It's just what avenue of, of hard you want to get to, but you know, things are such more mainstream, you know, with marketing online now though, everyone markets online or puts their two cents in. So now you have to go, cut through the noise too. So there's an uphill battle in terms of that. I just saw an ad today of like some someone like, oh, your piriformis is stuck. We have to mash it. And they were doing some real, I'm like, I don't believe in it, but whatever. But, you know, good for that person. They're putting out content. They're putting out an ad. You know, you might have an ad that's different, has a different message. So which one's the person going to choose now? You know, so, you know, there's always competition, which, which is good. It's healthy. It's just, um, you know, there, there's more than one way. And there's going to be challenges no matter what avenue you choose. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think it's, you know, especially as you're, you're growing um, and everyone has their own definition of growth and, and size they want to get to, but you want to hit 
things as in multiple realms or different avenues as possible. You don't want to rely on just one stream. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at some point going to physicians, developing that relationship, going to schools, college or high school, going to ATs, gyms, coaches, whatever the case may be, is probably the best uh, thing to do uh, in the long term. It's hard to do all at once in the beginning. So, you know, choose a vertical and go with it and then, you know, expand from there. Um, you know, I think, you know, growing, I definitely did that probably wrong where you, you tried to do, I tried to do too many things and, mm-hmm. you know, it was okay. All of them, but didn't knock one out the park, but look at Jeff Bezos. He chose one vertical. I'm going to sell books. He did that for like what, 15, 20 years. And now he sells whatever fuck he wants to sell, um, on Everything. Amazon. So they have their own healthcare system now. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, choose one or two verticals, rock with it, and then you can expand and grow from there. Yeah, a good book is, you know, you know, the one thing, you know, focusing on that one thing, mastering that, and then you can, you know, go off of like bunny trails, as we would say. Um, so, you know, that's that's a tough thing, especially for those people that are starting off. Uh, I was in the same boat where it's just like, oh, I got, you know, shadow and be with physicians, but I got to do post and i sucked at post so it'd be an hour to make a damn post uh then i gotta go meet out the coaches and personal trainers and um respond to every message and everything like that but uh you know if you're you know consistency is key and that sort of stuff i know like certain things for my old company used to do things like where we'd um you know shadow with with surgeons and doctors and that sort of stuff and it would never they always had a constant cycle but it wasn't until a therapist was there regularly there that they build that trust that they would send me off. And that was sometimes, you know, a problem of mine is I'd get like jaded. I was like, Oh, met up with this person didn't get anything for whatever it may be. And then uh, I'd kind of end that project and that sort of stuff. And probably really should have stuck with it. Cause you it's know, tough. a lot of times you just, you don't see the, the fruits you you kind of sell fruits your labor yeah come your labor it's yeah. years ago there's a guy I just evaluated two days ago or three days ago um and i met him probably within the first couple months maybe before the first year he owned a gym in in, in our town sold off the gym he's doing some other stuff um and i never would think he would ever have came in or anything like that but we made that connection three years ago and he's like, Oh, I've been telling people about you since. And I was like, I never even worked on you until now. So um, keep that in mind of, you know, don't, don't give up on those sort of things and um, you know, keep on tabs on people, but yeah, it takes sometimes a couple of years and you got to think I'm in it for the long haul. Um, You know, this is hopefully something that I'm doing for 10 or my business is going to be here for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and even, you know, as a, as a clinician as well, if it's not a, you know, particular, I own this business, think of it as your private little niche. Um, I, uh, I had an opportunity to work with, uh, someone who ended up doing a dance fellowship, Dr. Amanda. Um, so she's one of the few fellowship, uh, trained in, in dance therapy. Uh, but before she did that, she did a residency at Temple or Temple. Mm-hmm. And um, she really, she obviously she was super passionate about dance and she was like building things up. She got in with a dance studio and like convinced them to do like a 
kind of an exercise class for like some of the adults and that sort of stuff with some dance components. And it was like building that up and just, we made that one of her goals for the years, get, I don't know, maybe three dancey vowels for a quarter or something like that. And she's working, she's typing up stuff on it and nothing came. And you can see how like heartbroken she was. And then she went on maternity leave. And so I took over a caseload and sure shit, uh, we got like three dancey vowels. And of course I don't know too much about dance. And I'm like texting her. I'm like, I'm getting all these dancey vowels. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she's like, of course that would happen. But, um, you know, she, uh, I was like, this is amazing. You know, you know, it finally came through to fruition here. And, uh, you know, when I left and everything like that, it kept growing, growing. I'm pretty sure where, where we worked at BSR, they even put like a dance bar in just for her. So, it was cool. Nice. Now she's, you know, developed into being a dance fellowship trained PT. So it's really awesome. cool. So just stick with it. That's a, that's a consistency, everybody. Yep. Uh, all right. I mm-hmm. think, uh, I mean, we could probably go on a little more, but uh, let's, let's cut that short today. I got both got some stuff to do, but um, hopefully that helped uh, give some perspective of, you know, if you're, you're thinking about going out on your own, or you've started or you have a side hustle of, you know, hopefully what different avenues, um, you know, you can go down into, um, you know, we say it in our courses, we, we say it now it, it, it's, you know, consistency, which isn't always easy, you know, probably trying to master one or two things before you go on to the next thing. Um, you know, don't get discouraged easily. It's definitely not um, for the what, faint of hearts or whatever the, uh, the saying is there. Um, if you're having trouble, reach out to people, you know, reach out to people who are where you want to be, um, or have been through what you you've gone through. I'd say, you know, I think that's, you know, something I probably could have done better is reach out to, to more, uh, more business owners, um, maybe take more business courses earlier on, you know, I've taken a lot over the past few years, but early on, um, definitely could have done better on that instead of trying to do things yourselves. Um, you know, which is kind of why you get into business, uh, to begin with uh, as a PT is, is you want to do it your way. You want to do it better. Um, but you know, it's finding a balance as well. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Find those. I think, uh, you know, find yourself obviously a great mentor. So shout out to Brandon here from being mine. Um, but you know, find those individuals where like, you're just like, wow, those, those people are like, how do they do all these things or how they've managed all those sort of things. And probably wasn't all at once, but they were able to grow. They took one, two things that are great. Then that became automated or second nature, added another thing, add another thing. I have a professor like that in school, Dr. Mary Lou, and she's got like 10 high level studies going on. She does like a practice, teaches at Delaware, Arcadia, Stockton, uh like reviews irbs while she's like on the treadmill talking to someone you're like how is this possible Uh, and just an amazing professor all over um and those like i i always shoot off an email to her about things um and she's able in her busy life i'm like how you even have time to answer emails um so find those type of people um and they'll help you grow into those certain points but um yeah awesome stuff yeah 
All right, let's wrap up. Any, any closing remarks there? Any announcements? This episode will probably come out closer to February. Yeah, so I guess by then we ha- we should have our um, our neurodynamics course out and our, our slated courses for 2022. Uh, we've actually had some people reaching out about mm-hmm. private courses, so uh, that's awesome thing. So I'll make an announcement for anybody who maybe wants to have Jeremy and I um, go out to your clinic, um, teach your staff. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's always good to, uh, do that for your staff. Everyone gets on the same page. You can learn better that way because now there's some accountability. You have somebody to practice with, um, you have somebody to kind of hold you accountable for, you know, implementing or not implementing what was learned. It's always easier that way when you have a group of people versus one therapist takes this course and another therapist takes another course. And, you guys are, oh, I, I learned it this way, I learned it that way, or this person says this and it contradicts. So I, I think it's always good for, uh, um, you know, every, getting everyone on the same page. Uh, definitely good to get camaraderie with your um, your staff. Having everybody in the same room for two days is uh, always a, a, a way to grow, um, grow the team. So we are doing that as well. Jeremy has uh, rehab coaches uh, that'll be up and running uh, in 2022. And um, we have our mentorship program as well. So if any questions, uh, feel free to um, DM us, email us, whatever. Yes, indeed. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Nips and Sips. If you liked what you listened to, please follow and subscribe to us on all major social media and podcast platforms. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Interested in one of our courses? Go to www.iosmt.com. Interested in business and private practice mentorship and advice? Visit us at therehabcoaches.com. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or recommendations, whether that be clinical or SIPs. At Manips and SIPs, at The Decent Doctor, and at Think Like a Fellow. Thanks for tuning in and cheers, everyone.